Hey, welcome to Anarchy to Diapers. Today's episode is with Larry Cachone. I really enjoyed talking to him. He's a super nice guy. Why his wife was cooking a bun in the oven? He was cooking up some mean riffs in the studio for Gorilla Wizard. He's a guitarist. He's a husband. He's a father. Larry Cachone, Gorilla Wizard. Anarchy to Diapers, bitches! Here's Larry. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't mind the showmanship. I'll do that. <laughs> so we were talking a little bit about um, being a new dad, and you said uh, it hasn't really settled in for you yet. Um, it definitely has settled in, but there. So it's it's been an interesting road. So I was starting to tell you before about how we kind of came to where we were, and I guess I'll start from the beginning. Uh, and try not to make it sound too much like a therapy session, but at the same time give you know everyone kind of the full story. Um, well, I think it's important because, uh, like I said earlier, um, I had to get testing for my son because uh, the measurements on his neck, they thought that he might have Down syndrome. So we had to discuss, like, if our son has Down syndrome, are we going to, you know, oh, can we do this? Do we want to do this? And all those things that I never thought I would actually have to deal with. And... Um, you know, after I started talking to some of my friends, they're like, yeah, I had that shit. Don't worry about it. Like, yo, no one fucking tells you about this shit. Like, you, you know, I somebody should be talking about it because, like, this shouldn't be, like, one of those unknown secrets of having a kid that you probably have to take tests and you might think your kid has Down syndrome. That is the, the beauty that we've seen so far in parenthood is that there's a lot of stuff that no one tells you. And you think you hear a lot of information, but then you're just smacked in the face with new things that... You have no idea happens, and that you, you, no one prepared you for that. You're like, wait, this is what this is what babies do, or this is this is how it works, and it's a lot of honestly really little things because it's things that people just don't think about that they don't take the time to to say like, hey, that happens. Things like that, like being a parent and now worrying about, all right, I have to get tests done for my child, and what are the potential results, and what could they mean. Um, that's the stuff that it kind of hits you where you're like, oh, shit, no one told me that was going to happen. Oh, all right. Um, but to, to kind of go into what we were talking about before and, and start from the beginning, if you will. Um, Absolutely. Sorry about that. No, it's all right. Um, so it wasn't easy um, getting pregnant. We knew we wanted to. Uh, we bought a house, had two rooms, um, knew we wanted to have two kids. So far, one. Um, but we started, you know, thinking, all right. Now it's going to be time. We're going to, you know, plan. Being that it's it's nature, you, you can't really plan these things out to a T. Like, you can't just say, hey, this day, and then poop, baby, <laughs> nine months later. It's it's not that simple. So we did do some, some pretty in-depth testing, and uh, we did actually end up going to a fertility clinic to see, is it me? Is it my wife? Uh, thankfully, it was nothing major, and... It's actually kind of good because we found what it was. It was a small thing. We took care of it, and that's it. It's 
it's done and over with. So thankfully we had success after that. One of the guys I used to work with, he couldn't get his wife pregnant for like almost four years. Turned out he had a hernia and the hernia was stopping him from having kids. There's all but. kinds of weird horror stories that you can hear. Yeah, I've, I've heard people say like, you know, their sperm just doesn't work. It just doesn't swim. I have a number of friends who that's happened. And again, these, these are the things that they're just not spoken about. And maybe, I don't know, maybe people feel some type of way about a stigma or they feel embarrassed by it. But honestly, it happens. It's way more common than people realize. And we have other friends who miscarriages or things happen with pregnancies. And it's, it's not something that everyone's comfortable talking about because whether it be embarrassing or a sore subject, but you're right. These are things that happen. These are things that no one tells you about. And they're things that you got to be prepared for. Like, you really have to be prepared for anything when it comes to having a kid. Um, so after that, we were successful. And nine months later, my wife unfortunately did have gestational diabetes throughout the pregnancy. So they did have to schedule uh, the due date. And when they scheduled the due date, we both feel like it was still a little early. Uh, minor complications with birth. She had to give a C-section. Um, but then started the real, I don't want to say nightmare, but it was it was troubling then. So after, uh, I was like four or five days in the hospital, uh, went home. She had pain in her side. So we had to go back to the hospital after a day being home with the newborn baby. Baby had not even been home 24 hours that we were already t- talking about. Let's go back to the hospital. Um less than 36 hours from being home we were back in the hospital and the long and short is that my wife was there for another basically two and a half weeks um she had an abscess in in inside of her that was basically like an internal infection they thought it was oh man uh, this thing called norovirus i stayed with her for the whole duration i went home a couple times just to go you know get some supplies and and get things that we need but um we spent the first three weeks of our child's life in the hospital, basically. So that was, when I say it, like it, it took a while to settle in, it's not that obviously like, I don't feel like a dad yet. No, it's more like this was a wild ramp up period. And there are certain aspects that I definitely missed within the first couple of weeks, but it, it took time to adjust from, I'm not a dad to, holy shit, I'm a dad. And we're balls deep in situation here, yeah. so it's more like a survival instinct rather than like sitting back and pondering like, oh, I'm a dad. What does that mean to me? And, you know, not being a dad beforehand, I, I didn't have a child to worry about that, you know, now she's, you know, sunrise and sunset, but I didn't know her. She didn't exist. So it was my wife. My wife was the one who... The sun rises and sets on her. So I was there for her. I was watching out for her. And it's not that I didn't care. Obviously, I cared immensely. But it was, she wasn't in my life for me to realize that, my daughter. So it was a really hard, weird balancing act. And, yeah, it, it took some time to, to ramp up and ramp into it. But I think we both, me and my wife, did very nicely. Um, love her to death. She's adorable. And, you know, we're... we're doing all right with this whole parenting thing now i feel like i think we're, we're doing okay did like the thoughts come in like oh man like how am i gonna handle a baby now if something happens to my wife so like was your like focus like just on your wife because of that um constantly uh we are 
extraordinarily blessed. My in-laws are incredible. My family, my immediate family is very supportive. Um, we have a just a team of fantastic people surrounding us, and I take absolutely nothing for granted. I'm incredibly grateful for the entire support team that I have. So I felt comforted knowing that my in-laws basically lived at my house with my daughter for the first three weeks of her life. I'm A, forever indebted to them, and B, I'm kind of comforted by the fact because it gave them, as grandparents, a chance to really connect with their granddaughter on a level that is uncommon, but they will definitely have a greater appreciation for anything now. And it's not that they wouldn't. They're grandparents. They obviously will, but it helps cement that. Um, they are already ex extremely helpful to us and just really there for us in every way, shape, and form. You said you're just starting to come to terms with like being a dad in the sense um, that like she's starting to become a little person. So how, how old is your daughter? She is uh, six and a half months now. Okay. Um, she'll be seven months on the 28th. Um, so I'm, I'm the terms with being a dad, but like it's really starting to hit me now that she's like a little human. Because like I was saying before, it is more or less, you know, um, autopilot. You know, you're, you're doing the tasks that need to be done. There's some personality there, but now you're really starting to see these big like spurts of like amazing personality pop up where... She, she smiles, she laughs, she responds to things more so than she ever has. And you're, you're realizing, like, oh, she's interacting. She's totally a person. She grabs things. She yeah. interacts with things. And it's like, oh. It's, it's really strange seeing them, like, kind of, for lack of a better term, come online. Yeah, absolutely. Like she's, she's beginning to realize that things are things. And there's connections when she grabs my, my beard hair and yanks it, and I go, ow, and then she laughs. Like, she knows that that's a thing she could do, and she can get a laugh out of it because I'll go, ow. It's it's wild just seeing the, like, seeing the connections that she's making. You said your daughter's coming online. Now, is at six months, I'm sorry, I can't remember because my son's four. I used to remember this shit. Is she starting to sit up, roll over? Where is she at? Um, She rolls a lot. She can't crawl yet, but she's just about ready to walk, oddly enough. Um, she definitely wants to walk before she crawls because, I don't know, she's <laughs> stubborn like me. Um, and that's another thing. Like, you can begin to see a lot of the weird tendencies that you have in them. So faces that you make, um, the way that they'll react to something. I'll make a face and my wife will see it and be like, that's a Juliana face. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> she's my daughter <laughs> um, and it's like you, you see it and like you look at them and you're like oh shit that's I do that shit <laughs> you really see the things that come from you come from your wife or significant other whomever it be um, and you, you see it and it's like yeah that's that's me alright wow ain't that something <laughs> now that you're seeing the reflections of your attitude like are you starting to like chop at any of those things like ooh she's thick headed like me I'm gonna have to figure out an approach that's gonna work uh, yes in a word um, my wife and I have discussed a lot of game plans for just potential things she's a big planner um, so she very much likes rules but rules and I, I kind of agree with her for the most part I think rules should be a guiding factor 
they shouldn't be this strict thing with no purpose because if she's anything like me, she's going to question everything. And I broke a lot of rules because I didn't understand them. Um, when things were explained to me, that's when I would realize, okay, I'm not going to do this because I know that this is the, the ramifications to doing it or this bad thing will happen or there's consequences. Like once I learned consequences, it's much easier for me to, to connect things that I should and shouldn't do. Um, she's probably going to adopt that from me and I, I can just see it now. So hopefully she's not as bad as I am, but I definitely want to set up rules. I definitely want to set up guidelines to say, you know, this you can and can't do. You're not going to be able to explain every one of them. And I understand that. Like sometimes she's just going to have to listen and just, why is it this way? Because I said so. Why? You won't understand now. So just accept it for what it is. One day you'll get it, but maybe, not now. Maybe that's why I'm so tired. I try to explain everything to my son. <laughs> well, if she's like me, she's not going to stop questioning. So it's, I'm just going to have to put a, a limit on it and say, nope, you're not yeah. going to get me today. Not today, Satan. Not today. Um, so, yeah, hopefully she, you know, is not too much like me and, and sees rules as like a guiding principle. My wife did. She was very good child from what, you know, she says and what her parents say. Uh, she followed all the rules, didn't want to deviate from the norms. We're, we're kind of opposites in that regard because I was always getting in trouble, but... <laughs> I, you know, opposites attract, I guess. How did you meet your wife? Oh boy! <laughs> um, did I just get you in trouble? <laughs> no, it's it's not a troubling thing. It's more just um, a lot of the the weird circumstances that happen in my life that, that lead up to things always have a weird story to them or a long, convoluted story. Um, I'll give the full version, but abridged. So the super abridged version is um, backyard party. Easy, done. The slightly longer version is that backyard party, we were kind of pseudo set up between two friends, but then she ended up going out with another friend of mine, and then I kind of saw her after they broke up and realized that, oh, wait, I think I was actually meant for her, and then we both kind of realized that maybe we should be together, and then defied all the odds and came into this wonderful relationship that because we were defying all of the odds that were against us true love was born um <laughs> that was beautiful <laughs> so it's, it's more or less that and the whole circumstances surrounding the the convoluted mess that was the beginning of our relationship is now ironed out you know we're friendly with everyone that was involved and it's like we're older now it's we're, we're married like we have a kid like we're, we're not just like messing around we were serious. And, you know, I actually told her a month in that I loved her. A month into us dating. So, like, when I, I told people that, they're like, you're fucking crazy, man. What are you, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, but I know. So, I listen, I went after this knowing that this was going to be something worthwhile. And it is. All right, you're nuts. You do you. I was like, what, 21, 22? So, people really thought I was off my rocker oh, absolutely uh yeah i've been with her 10 years and you know i couldn't even see myself with anyone else because no one else could put up with my crap like she does no one as wonderful as she is um i love you honey there you go <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of putting up with your crap um is this the first band you've been in uh, 
Actually, no. So, it's the first true band I've been in. But okay. in high school... So let's just leave it right there. Okay. So this is the first like shot you've really taken at a band, and this came when your wife got pregnant. Oh. Yeah, usually that's, that's, it goes the other way. Usually you jo- usually <laughs> you're in a band, then you find your wife, and then you have a kid, and then you stop the band. You did this totally in reverse. You found the wife, you had the kid, and you're like, I'm gonna start a band. <laughs> The amount of shit that I have received for that exact thought process is continuing on, so... No, dude, it is fucking awesome. Well, and uh, I think it's cool because people should see that you can do it. It's hard. It's really hard. I don't, I don't suggest that anyone follow this exact process because there's nothing at all easy about this. So, just to backtrack for a half second. Yes, I wasn't another man in high school. Um, just because I want to plug them. Uh, I was in a white suburban rap group called Arsenal. Um, <laughs> and we, we had a lot of math-based puns. It was kind of ill-fated. But uh, yeah, I did that. I did uh, a couple of techno albums as uh, DJ Larry back in high school. And then I started playing with Mike. who you know, We were explaining how we met. Um, and this came up because Mike and I had been playing for years together. We had been jamming on songs least seven years from now bare minimum maybe even a little bit longer um similarly ryan the bassist we'd been playing a lot of songs with me and him had been playing songs mostly his stuff where i played drums but we we had a really good connection a really good vibe and we did separately uh mike and i played with his friend uh matt pescucci i don't know if you know him from this circle or anything um but we had a little stint that we were we were kind of starting to get there but it never took off okay and we changed styles and everything and then it, it just remained dormant and honestly before i found out that my wife was pregnant i kind of said you know what i better get this done because i'm not going to be able to do this for another like five six years at least so no better time than now and <laughs> practices started uh, probably like February, January last year. And um, me and Mike were, were getting our, our riffs together and getting the songs back to where we were a couple of years ago from playing like uh, the songs that we had with, I call that era the Sun Kings because that's what Mike referred to the, the group as with Matt. Um, <laughs> but we, we were getting the songs back and um, Ryan just got sick of not doing something with music and said, I want to play. I said, all right. Um, you want to do bass? He's like, yeah, I like your songs. I'll just play bass. I don't care. Ryan's actually a way better guitarist than I am. <laughs> but um, he wanted to play, and, and Mike kept on telling me, dude, 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 you got to add vocals. You can't not have vocals. I'm like, I don't give a shit about lyrics. I think they're stupid. And Gabe um, told us one day, he's like, dude, you're not dysrhythmia. Just cut it out and add vocals. I'm like, no, I won't. He's like, well, too bad. I wrote vocals to the entire EP that you have planned. I'm like, what? Yeah. All right. Well, what'd you write? He's like, I wrote vocals to the songs. What are they about? They're about the songs. And mind you, to anyone who hasn't seen the album yet, song titles include things like Maple Crunch, The Closet Monster Shuffle, Smashosaurus. At the time, these were all working titles, and they were just supposed to be like, all right, the riff kind of feels like, you know, Big Dinosaur crushing a city. Uh, it's Mesosaurus. Or, um, I had really good cereal this morning. This riff feels crunchy. 
Maple Crunch. <laughs> um, Gabe just took that and bless his soul. I love him for this. He just ran with it and just said, fuck it. I'm going to write a song about Maple Crunch. And he did. And when I heard it, I said, all right, this is too good. I can't, I cannot use this. All right, you're in, Gabe. So we, we brought Gabe on. And then it was kind of settled that, all right, we're a band, we're a band, all right. Uh, so like April, March last year, <clears throat> we decided, all right, we want to record an EP, we want to get this going, let's do this. Um, we don't, we kind of drag our feet a little bit, we learn the songs, we get things together, a couple things fall through with recording, we actually really wanted to try and be recorded by April, um, that kind of fell through. So after a few reschedules, we couldn't really get our shit together with that. Um, late May, I'm practicing with Gabe in the basement. He's actually trying to teach me some of the kaiju stuff because they needed a second guitarist for a show. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll try it. What the hell? Um, so this particular session, we were, uh, we, we were going pretty hard. And I was, I was trying to really learn everything and like cram it in. Um, thinking I have all the time in the world to do this. I'm like practicing and really trying to learn this stuff. And my wife yells for me from upstairs and says, Larry, Larry. She's tears in her eyes. Tell Gabe to leave. Okay, Gabe, leave. She's crying. And I was like, uh-oh, what, what's the matter? She's happy, though. She tells me, she whips out the pregnancy test. It's positive. Fantastic news. So, Gabe, you were there the day that it happened, so that we found out at least. Um, so, it's fantastic news. But this means a lot for what I had planned musically. And it's a hobby, don't get me wrong. It's not like this is my career, but you know, I, I wanted to get some of this stuff done. Um, not that I put a dampen on plans, but you know, we, we had to plan accordingly now. Like we had to, this wasn't just, I got all the time in the world. Nope, that's gone. Um, now you have a bedroom to get ready. Yeah. You got to plan for a kid. like, yep. And so you're planning for an EP and a kid at the same time. So... That really kicked it into high gear where I, I sat her down. It took a lot of convincing, but I did eventually convince her, listen, I just want to do this. I just want to get this done. I'm not going to be able to do this for a long time if I don't do this now. I really want to do this. <sighs> Fine. She thinks that I have these illusions of grandeur that I'll be some kind of rock star. I don't. But these are songs that I had for years. I was sitting on. I just wanted them done, completed. And I knew it was only going to get harder. As life went on. So I really just became laser focused. And I just went at it. And I went with just intensity that I almost never had intensity like beforehand. She'll probably say that this is one of the most, you know, <laughs> fastidious I've ever been about things. Or most obsessed I've ever been with something. But, you know, I, I wanted to get it done. And I knew there was a time frame. And I felt the crunch. It almost felt like college crunch time again when I was like so close to getting my degree and it's like just get to the finish line. Um, it felt like that again. And uh, I just wanted to get it done and, and finish it. And we recorded in November. We finished up in January. Uh, two weeks before my daughter was born, we played the last notes and finished up the actual recording. That's awesome. So we got in right at the buzzer um then there was a lot of mixing and uh, like one or two days well one day actually i went over to um studio in oceanside where uh friend alex recorded and, and mixed it and mastered it 
and I listened and I finished up the production notes for one day and that was like all the time I had and that was like the one day it's like I got out of the house just for this we got to make this quick we got to make this count so in a nutshell I do not recommend to anyone <laughs> doing it this way I did it because I wanted to get it done I wanted to, to see this out in the world is it possible yeah should you do it fuck no <laughs> like <laughs> Try to enjoy family, try to enjoy life, but, you know, it's, understand that these are both big undertakings, especially if you want to take both things seriously. Um, You have a kid, you can't unring that bell. Like, she's here, she's not going anywhere. You can't just put her down and she'll just go to sleep and that's it. She's here. And if you're taking a band seriously, you're with other people. You're, you know, it's not just you. You got to worry about their schedules, what they're doing, what's going on. And they have an agenda, too. Like, they want to see this out. Ryan wants to see this get done. Mike wants to see this get done. Um, Gabe is taking time away from his project, so he wants to see this get done. Like, this is fucking serious. So you got to take both things seriously. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a major commitment to two parties. And, uh, you know, my wife understands that I want to do the podcast. Mm-hmm. She's like, uh, how come when you're ready to do the podcast, you can clear the schedule and you can get all the stuff done around the house? <laughs> but when I actually need you to do shit and you're not doing the podcast, you can't get nothing done. I'm like, well, clearly I need the podcast. <laughs> I, my wife does the same thing and she's right. I will totally admit she's right. But it's like you only plan two things in life, eating and Gorilla Wizard. Yes, you are right. I do plan my meals. I plan good meals. I make sure I'm going to eat well with whoever. And I plan when we're going to do Gorilla Wizard stuff. But I, I think of that as like the afterthoughts of whenever I'm not doing that stuff, I want to be spending time with her, with my daughter, with my family. like, Because that's the stuff that I, to, in my mind at least, that's the stuff I do have to plan because... Everything else is just the time I want to spend with her. If I'm not working, I want to be at home with her, watching Stranger Things uh, in the, the paddock, as we call it, with our daughter as she runs around in the little spoon thing, juvie. Um, I'd rather spend my free time just free form there. I don't want to plan that out, make that a strict like, well, now it's paddock time at 1 p.m. No. The whole time spent not working, not with planned events that are outside the home, family time. That's what I want it to be, as much of it as possible. And if we got to carve out things for, like, next Tuesday we're going to see Kiss, you know, that's another thing that I plan because that's time away from family time. You and the wife are going? So a friend of mine uh, got tickets for his birthday, and we went out to the Garden City Promenade, and he uh, just hands me two tickets, and he's like, you and Kara, you're going. I'm like, oh, are we? He's like, yeah, you're going. And we're friends with him and his wife, and uh, he says, and we're putting on the makeup. You're going to be the star man. <laughs> I'm going to be the space man. She can be the cat. You hear that, honey? And she's like, what is this? So I had to show her a picture of Kiss. She had no idea what Kiss really looked like. What? She knew the makeup, the getup. She didn't get it. <laughs> so she said, I really have to wear it? Yes, you have to wear this. Really? Yep. <laughs> so I came home with makeup the other day and she's like you're you're serious about this yeah I'm dead serious you go to a kiss concert I'm like this oh god I can't believe I'm doing this she's 
But uh, she's a sport. She's going to do it. Definitely love. Oh, it is love. Yep. <laughs> is she into the same music as you? Not at all. My wife hates, hates my music, hates everything I listen to. There's a couple things here and there where she's like, that's agreeable. She likes Devin Townsend. Uh, surprisingly, she likes Amana Marth. But um, as far as like the metal stuff, she hates all of it. I I listen to a lot of funk too. Okay. I, I'm big into funk. Uh, I like some Dixie, mostly Leon Redbone. Um, some classic rock and stuff. But she's she's okay with that stuff. Um, but when it comes time to like my music, she wants to <laughs> drill a hole in her head. She put it. That's the one thing I'm blessed with is my wife likes the same music. So when I'm like banned from going to a show, it's because she can't go. <laughs> you know, That's she's like, nice. "Fuck you! You're not gonna go see Five Finger Death Punch," and I'm gonna sit home with the kids. Gospel was coming up. Um, yeah, in I'm September. Very excited about that show. Likewise, and uh, you know, my wife was like, uh, "Did you get two tickets?" I said, "I got two tickets." I said, "I'm definitely going." So it's up to you whether you're coming or not. She's like, "Fuck yeah, I'm going." I was like, "All right, cool." <laughs> you know, but. Uh, one thing I learned, tip for everybody, hmm. the calendar. The calendar's fucking the power. Like, once that shit's scheduled, like, that is scheduled. So I started actually working on um, to be better with the podcast. Hmm. Is like, with you, I, I scheduled this shit in. My wife didn't have some shit on the calendar, and she had plans. And she was like, yo, you're doing an interview on Thursday? <laughs> She's like, I'm supposed to do this? I was like, yo, you didn't have it on the calendar. Boom! There goes yeah. the dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> so the scheduling is important. I don't, I don't want to give away any of my secrets, but the calendar is very, very powerful. Um, it is it is the law. Because when we say like, oh, honey, I'm, I'm going to this show. No, you're not. Yeah, it's in the calendar. Huh. Did I okay that? Yeah. Okay, then. Remember, we <laughs> talked about it. You said put it on the calendar. It's, it's, I put it on the calendar. I don't want to send the wrong message that, like, I have to get permission. But it's more like, you know, she wants to know what's going on. I don't yeah. know. Like, she doesn't want to just on a Wednesday night here. oh, tomorrow, Thursday, I'm going to be gone. Wait, you didn't tell me this. Why didn't we put Because she's a big planner. Yeah. No, absolutely. And my wife's the same way. And my wife loves, like, doing family shit. Like, my, I'm my wife's favorite person to hang out with. I don't know why. But apparently she loves me. <laughs> so, like, you know, she anytime she can, she's like, oh, I saw this, and we're going to go do this together. And she starts scheduling shit in. If I don't start putting stuff down on the calendar, then I have no days to fucking do things. And, you know, it's not, um, it's not a problem. It just took me fucking, I don't know, what, I've been married for, like, seven years. So it took me that long to figure out the power of the calendar. So, so all you younger rock and roll guys, remember the power of the calendar. Yeah, keep, keep that in mind. The calendar is very powerful. And do, you know what? Best tip of my life, do a joint calendar. Do a Google calendar where once you enter it in, oh, it pops up on her phone. Look at that. So then instantly I can schedule something and it's, oh, honey, um, we're doing this next Friday. Oh, you have this plan next Thursday already I saw. Yes, I do. Oh, okay. That's it. It's oh, already in. So. shit. So Google calendar? You're welcome. Fucking A. <laughs> So, did your wife have any, like, cravings? So, was it like, oh, I gotta go to practice and I gotta pick up fucking chocolate ice cream and pickles because that's what the wife wants? Did you have run into any of those difficulties? God bless my wife. I feel terrible for her because she, like I said, had gestational diabetes. 
she was barred from eating good things. So she deserves a medal of some sort because not only could she not drink for nine months, which we're big fans of beer. I proposed to her at the Black Sheep Ale House in Mineola. <laughs> we like beer. We she likes alcohol. She's not an alcoholic at all. Not even close. But you know, we like beer. You like um, to drink. It's okay. She she likes sweets too. I have a penchant for donuts. She also appreciate appreciates them. So um she couldn't have any of that stuff basically the entire time. So she had a really rough pregnancy in which she couldn't enjoy any of the things. And it was just kind of... Honestly, she spent most of her time sleeping because it was during the summer. She's a teacher. She's off. And um, she couldn't eat. She couldn't drink. She couldn't do any of the fun things. So she spent a lot of time just sleeping and not really doing anything. So unfortunately for her, Noah did not have to go out for things for cravings. But we were out till two four in the morning whatever some nights recording and that drove her up the wall rightfully so that is a massive pain in the ass when you're seven months pregnant (laughs) (laughs) at 4 a.m i'm sorry honey i realize how ridiculous and stupid it is but i've already told the youngins to not do this so let me make the mistakes so they don't have to don't listen to him he's married (laughs) (laughs) no i mean that is tough, especially like with their emotions, because they're super emotional um, when they're pregnant, and, and yeah, I can't possibly imagine what they're going through. And then you're not home, and you're coming home late hours. I know, like even now, like my wife still doesn't go to bed until pretty much I get home. Yeah, my my wife's the same way. Yeah, it's just she's always worried about me. So that's definitely um, that was a little hurdle that you had to get through. Yeah, to say the least. <laughs> Gabe, he spoke very highly of you and your guitar riffs, but he did say that it, it did need a little structure, and you looked at it as more like Prague, and he looked at it more as unstructured. <laughs> Can you walk me through that? Uh, all right, so I'm a huge prog metal head. Like, I love all things heavy, um, so I, I, I'm big into like a lot of stupid, ridiculously wanky bands, but I'm not that talented. But <laughs> what I can do is cook up a nasty riff. I play to my strengths. I admit and know that I'm good at this, and I admit and know that I'm bad at things like soloing and really good, intricate, progressive song structure. But I know how to put a bunch of riffs together and make them make sense. <laughs> so Ryan has some, some qualms about this, too. He, he really hates the opening riff to Black and Blue. Like, after that little bass intro, he hates that riff. (laughs) If he hears this, he's going to say, yeah, I fucking hate that riff. Just get rid of it. It's one of my favorite songs. Mine, too. And he loves the song. He loves the chorus. He loves the the rest of the riffs. He hates the da-da-da-da-da-da. He hates it. But he plays it. Because he's a sport. And we love him. But, um, I mean, everyone in the band kind of agrees with that sentiment that, like, it's kind of a hodgepodge. But... Honestly, like I feel like it's it's a good enough structure. Um, I'm not trying to, to, to be a Ramones where it's like too structured, but I'm also not trying to be a dream theater where it's all over the place. Like a lot of my influences include things like, you know, Opeth, Strapping Young Lad, Devin Townsend, Gojira. So like that pseudo prog stuff. 
Um, and there's a lot of parts that make sense, don't make sense. They're way more artistic about it than I can ever be. But I, I tend to take some of those those ideas and just kind of sprinkle them throughout. So like with Maple Crunch, for example, there's that breakdown. But it's not like a perfect structured breakdown. It's, you know, it's it, you can count and see like, all right, this is when this riff happens, that happens, or that. But it's not like a perfectly timed, like, specific breakdown. Space Tree, which I consider like the prog song. Nothing in that song <laughs> makes sense at all. But that's kind of the fun of it. Like, it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense when it's together. When the whole thing is the package, it's like, I get it. But if you dissect that song, it makes no fucking sense <laughs> at all. Like, I'm, I'm playing through the riffs and looking at them like, why do I do that? But when it came together and I had the drums there and I wrote them that way and I, I had the bass there and I wrote it that way and then I'm like, you know what? I think the package works. Individually, it's kind of weird. It doesn't make any sense, but the package altogether works. So me, I, I try to focus on, all right, when it ends up, is it going to be cohesive in the end? I don't really try to look at it in the songwriting process of um, like, you know, I have to write it this way and it's, it's going to happen exactly this way. And that's going to happen next. I, I kind of just write and then piece things together and try to make the end package of whatever it is work in harmony. I do try to, to shoehorn things in a little bit. Um, but I feel like that works. And that's that's kind of the style. Like, it's not super structured. It's a little DIY feeling. And I, I personally like that. What is your creative process? Write a riff, record it on my phone. Well, noodle around on guitar for days. Find one riff out of all that noodling and go, that one's pretty good. Send it to Ryan, go, what do you think? He goes, eh, that one's stupid. I go back, find another one. What do you think of this one? That one's good. And then just throw more riffs together and boom. <laughs> there's a song. Um, I'll be honest. Again, I'm toot my own horn a little bit, but... I know my strength that I can write a riff. Can I solo? Fuck no. Can I write a riff? Yes. That is the one thing I do well. And when I write a riff, I know I think I can follow this up with another good riff. And I'll just throw it in. So far, what you've told me is Ryan's the better guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> you're a better drummer, although you're the guitarist. Gabe is mostly a guitarist, but he's the singer. The only person that's in the position that they should be in is apparently Mike. And uh, Mike was originally, originally, originally going to play keys with whatever we did. <laughs> he was going to play keyboards? Originally, originally, originally. But right, that, well, that quickly changed, and he immediately became drummer after I realized, oh, he's actually a way better drummer than I am. Yeah, because he's a drummer. There you go. That's <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. But, uh, yeah, th this band is, <laughs> it is an all-star group of people who should not be playing the instruments that they're playing. <laughs> but it works. It well, works. It's awesome. I love it. How did you come up with the name Gorilla Wizards? <laughs> um, well, the real shtick to this whole thing is that Bertram is a 1,400-year-old gorilla who is also a wizard, uh, who was the apprentice of Merlin after Merlin um, was taken away by the lady in the lake. I don't know, 
full story. <laughs> Mer- Merlin's <laughs> trapped, and he needs to pass on his knowledge to Bertram, right? Um, Bertram is given a potion of immortality, and Merlin is beginning to teach him all of his knowledge because he is, unlike man, pure of heart, and he wants to put pass his knowledge on to someone who is pure of heart, pure of mind, pure by spirit, yada, yada, yada. And he chooses a, a Simeon because, unlike man, he's unsullied by by things like greed and lust and, and whatever all the, the follies of men. So Bertram is that. Uh, he found a couple of records in a record store, B-52s, Fish, Corn, thought that these were actually performing the songs. So there was anthropomorphic Corn performing Corn songs, and there was actual anthropomorphic B-52s playing Rock Lobster. And Fish was a bunch of fish jamming out on stage. <laughs> So he decided to call the band what he is, and that is a gorilla wizard. So that is the the canon, if you will. <laughs> um, the name honestly comes from the fact that uh, the riffs are just mind-numbingly heavy, and I felt like you know I wanted something that was like big and ravaging, but there's something a little magical about them. Beautiful. All right, I just have one more question. The gorilla is stirring the pot. Me and my son had an argument this morning. My son <laughs> believes that he's... The gorilla is making a monster. I believe he's making a potion. The official answer is potion. I knew it. <laughs> In your face, Dylan. <laughs> Thank you for coming down, Mary. Thank you so much for having me.
Black and Blue, Gorilla Wizard. Their album drops August 23rd. You can get that on gorillawizard.bandcamp.com. Smashosaurus. Gorilla Wizard will be playing August 24th 
at Mr. Beery's on Long Island if you're in the New York area. Anarchy to Diapers can be found on all your social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If you're interested in being on the show, hit me up. Anarchy, the number two diapers at Gmail. All links will be in the notes or you can get in contact with me through social media. Love you all.